Oh, what fresh hell is this? This is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. All right, so it is the Cigar Tipsters Podcast. Uh, we are recording this at the very tail end of September, uh, September 30th. Uh, hard to believe it's going to be October in the morning, and hard to believe Walmart is already putting out their Christmas decorations, as I saw yesterday when I was doing my errands. Uh, that really grinds my gears, not to steal Ben's ha! thunder on that. But, I see what uh, you did there. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Junior, uh, Ben, and uh, Alan are all with you tonight, and I wanted to start out uh, tonight's show slightly differently just because of something that I heard a few uh, last week, as a matter of fact. Uh, I'm going to bring up the subject of the worst uh, advice you've ever heard someone hand out at a cigar shop. And the reason I bring this up is I had um, an experience. There was myself, uh, one other customer, uh, and the guy that was running the shop. We were there last Saturday. And a gentleman comes in. He's like, hey, I don't know a lot about this. I want to get my first humidor. So they help him pick out a nice humidor. All's going well until he asked how to set it up. And apparently the guy at the store didn't know a whole lot, but the other gentleman that was sitting there, he goes off on this big tirade of, oh, here's what you do. You get a sponge and you soak it in water and you just, you just wring it out in the humidor and you just soak that, that wood till it's just swimming basically. And he's like, you just, you just, you almost just want to pour water in the humidor. And I'm like, no. Why not take it in the shower with you? <laughs> exactly. No, so, like, I, I was like, in the nicest way possible, I'm like, okay, not really. You know, you want to, the sponge part was right. I'll give him credit on that. You can, you can work with a sponge. That's totally fine. But you want to put it in, put it in some water, put it in some plastic. You don't really want the water touching the wood because it, it's going to expand. It's going to warp it. It's going to, open it up to mold in the future, but it's just like this guy and God bless him. He, he thought he was right because he was giving these instructions with such confidence that anyone would have believed him. And I'm just sitting there like you're about to ruin your, this, this poor guy's life. And he's did, probably never going to smoke cigars again. Did this guy work there or was it just a customer talking? No, it was a customer. But the problem is the guy who works there. Uh, we'll call him Taylor because that's his name. Um, apparently doesn't know Swisher from uh, my father or any of the above. So apparently he was just, he thought he was learning something too. He's like, man, this is good advice. I can use this later. And that's finally the point where I was like, no, we got to, if you want to really go down the, go down that road, let's have cigar one one But, yeah, I mean, just <laughs> it, it really got me to thinking of wanting to ask you guys, you know, what's the worst advice you've heard people give in a shop setting, whether it came from the employees or the customers? I, I was actually in a shop once and somebody asked, what's the best way to cut a cigar? And before anybody could answer, this this guy says, uh, a customer, uh, well, first thing you do is you take the cigar and you put it in your mouth and you get it wet. 
and then you take your cutter and you you slice the end of it off. And I was like cringing at this, and I I said, "What's the purpose? <clears throat> what is the purpose of you uh, putting it in your mouth and and getting it wet?" And he says, "Oh, so it it's so it slices easier." And you don't destroy the top of the cigar. And it was like, um, you know, why don't you consider getting yourself a sharp cutter? Um, True. Of course, we, we all had to tell this guy, no, that's the last thing you want to do. And, and really, what the only thing that could have made that advice worse is if you had said, put it in your mouth, get it wet, walk up to the counter, get the shop's cutter, and then cut it. Oh God! Yeah, yes. we've talked about that before. That's that's always a foul move. Yeah, uh, Ben, what about you? Have you heard any uh, gregarious suggestions? Good Lord, I can't say that word. Have you heard any bad suggestions? <laughs> um, honestly, not really anything that comes to mind. Uh, I really don't have a, sh- a local shop here that I go to often where I live, but back home in Tennessee, the shop owner was really smart enough if there was bad advice in there i didn't pay attention um i did see once the uh, not him there was this young kid that that the owner hired and um he's he was selling um a davidoff cigar i think it was just the white label um and then he needed a lighter so he turned around and gave him a big lighter i did see that once um and i thought well that's that's not right. It was one of those cigarette lighters you buy at the Seven Eleven. Um, yeah, I'll admit I, I keep a, a big lighter in the car, but it is like, it's like those um, only break glass in case of emergency type things. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, but you know, if the guy's willing to spend thirty dollars on a cigar, it didn't sound like money would have been an issue. So you might as yeah. well sell him something. So like, I recommend this, but if you're in a pinch, you know, he could have said something like, but. That's really the only thing that comes to mind as far as misrepresentation. But, yeah, nothing too extravagant. Well, you know, Mark, like I've heard you say a million times, you know, you can get fire anywhere. Put your money in the cutter. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I've I've grown to believe that more and more. Uh, the longer I smoke, a lighter is a lighter at the end of the day. Uh, rub two sticks together and make fire. But, uh, and I've, I've been practicing I'll tell you, the, uh... Go ahead. One of the most bizarre things I think I've ever heard or advice in in a cigar shop is, and I'm sure you guys, the second you hear this, you're going to go, oh, yeah, I, I've heard this before, where somebody starts telling or advising you to dip your cigars in whiskey or oh, bourbon, yeah. you know, to, to flavor them. And it's like, oh, God, just drink it. Just yeah, drink I've the whiskey. Even... I even Don't ran into a guy who was uh, who was dipping it in water, and I'm like, he's like, well, you need to moisturize it, and I'm like, no, you idiot, that's what humidity's for. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I did, have he, been... did he think it was like one of those biscotti cookies or something? I mean, what the hell was it? just dipping it? In... That's gross. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you you can yeah, you can like touch Oreos, your cigar. dipping it in milk. D- yeah, yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I mean, you can, you can touch your your cigar and say, you know, this is dry or this is fine. You know, you don't need to go dipping it in stuff. Uh, if you want an infused uh, bourbon cigar, buy one. They're, they're, Get a Gurkha. Get one of those $700 tube cigars that they make that's soaked in 
King Louis the King, King Louis the yeah, if King somebody's cognac or something. <laughs> Too many kings, I can't remember the all. But King I King Henry the Eighth. They 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 pass it by the bottle. Oh, okay. yeah. it goes down the factory line. Yeah. So I've been uh, I've been uh, melting over this little segue all all weekend. So we're gonna go from the best. Or, damn it, man! I screwed it up. We're going to go from the worst advice in the cigar world to the best advice. Uh, Alan, take it away. Best advice. Well, you're the savant, well, so you're, you're, you always give the best advice. The the best advice I've ever heard in a cigar shop is a shop owner recommending a cigar. And, you know, honestly, they have recommended so many excellent cigars and and that's part of the beauty of actually going into a cigar shop is that you know typically the owners and you would hope the people that work there have smoked all the cigars and can honestly tell you you know hey this is a winner this is a keeper you know you've got to try this or no don't waste your money you know, we're going to be putting that in the $2 bin in the next couple of weeks. So that that would be the, the best advice I, I've ever had. Um, besides your advice about you can get fire anywhere, just to put your money in the cutter. Yeah, definitely. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more uh, later in the show about a, a cutter I got my hands on. Uh, recently made by Palio. Um as many years as I've been smoking, I can't believe it took me this long to actually try one, but we'll get into more of that a little bit later. But uh, let's go ahead and kick it uh, to the cigar. <laughs> Good Lord. I have to edit the hell out of this. Let's go ahead and kick it over to the Cigar Savant segment for the evening. Mark, you just went off the chart with me. No, oh, I did. Like uh, what way? Like yeah. Uh, all all I heard was was echo and reverb back and forth. So okay. I don't know what you said. Okay, we'll try that again. <laughs> all right, so let's kick it over to Alan, the cigar savant, for uh, his segment of the evening. Ah, oh, okay. Well, this week I chose the uh, La Polina El Diario KB2, commonly called the Kill Bill Two. Now, as we know, La Polina brand was created by Sam Paley, father of uh, CBS founder William Paley, and father of Bill Paley, the brand's current owner. Now, when Sam retired and liquidated the company, which was called the Congress Cigar Company, the La Polina brand retired with him. Now, Bill Paley, the grandson of Sam, uh, began a journey to revive the all-but-forgotten La Polina brand. He was able to acquire the brand name from the Altadis Cigar Conglomerate for $5,000, then dedicated himself to creating a cigar emblematic of the original La Polina. When the El Diario line was originally launched in 2011, now this core line was intended to add an everyday smoke to La Polina. Dario means daily. At that time, the El Diario uh, also provided a stronger and more full-bodied offering 
into the La Polina's portfolio. The La Polina El Diario KB2 or the Kill Bill 2 is a line extension of La Polina's El Diario line of cigars that was launched in 2012. Like the rest of the El Diario line, the cigar is made in Honduras at the highly acclaimed factory of Reces Cubana. The factory uses the traditional Cuban method of making cigars and employs only top-of-the-line rollers. The original Kill Bill was a petite Corona. The name KB stands for Kill Bill. Mike, and by the way, um, Mark, I'm going to want you to play a sound clip in here, okay? Okay. Now, I thought the nickname was from the uh, Tarantino franchise and the Kill Bill movies. Well, I hate to say it, I was wrong. The name came about because when La Polina owner Bill Paley smoked the prototype of the Petite Corona, he was unable to finish it because it was so strong. As a result, the name Kill Bill was born, a.k.a. KB was born. The KB2 goes a step further, offering a longer smoke in the same ring gauge as the KB. The difference in the ratio of wrapper, binder, and filler, as well as the longer Vitola, makes the difference for why the KB is a special cigar. Now, the cigar itself is draped with a Corojo 99 Rosado wrapper from Honduras. Two binders that are Honduran Criollo 98, and the fillers are Nicaraguan Corojo 99 and Criollo 98. The wrapper was a really nice reddish-brown coloring. Uh, It's definitely a Colorado Rosado coloring. It has a triple cap, and it's almost a traditional panatella in the Vitola offering, and is six inches with a 40-inch ring gauge. The KB definitely mellowed since the time that Bill Paley smoked that prototype. There is a nice, rich, earthy flavor profile with some cocoa and coffee notes. The cocoa notes are fairly soft with a almost fruity and slightly spicy hints. The strength is a solid medium to full level. As the cigar progressed, the flavors began to increase with more of a red pepper tone. I feel this would be a great cigar to have with a cup of coffee or a single malt scotch. Most importantly, I feel this cigar would be more enjoyed by a seasoned cigar smoker and not the newbie or the amateur mark yeah i've actually had that particular one that you're talking about and it is a little on the uh little on the high side in the strength category uh, but definitely an enjoyable smoke and uh, if you're curious what uh, we in the cigar tipster world are up to you can check us out on all the main social media outlets instagram Twitter, Facebook, we are at Cigar Tipster across all three of them. The reason that I bring it up 
at this point in the show is if you go on there on our Instagram right now at Cigar Tipster, you'll see a photograph of the cutter that I'm about to talk a little bit about. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on the show, I recently picked up a Palio cutter. Uh, for a long time, I was Zycar, then I slowly blanched, branched into Calibri. And when I saw the particular deal that I got on this Palio cutter, it was one that I couldn't pass up. This is their standard uh, 60 ring gauge guillotine cutter. Uh, it is in a nice uh, white finish with gold undercrown branding on it. So nice little extra there. Uh, this particular cigar, uh, the way they've got it built, only accommodates up to a 60 ring gauge cigar, which is perfectly fine with me because generally, unless it's something uh, that I particularly like, like an EP Carrillo inch, I'm generally not going to go above a 60 ring gauge for the most part. Uh, they do make a secondary version of this same cutter that will accommodate up to a 70 ring gauge cigar if that uh, is your particular flavor. Uh, I've had this cigar, or excuse me, this cutter for about two weeks now. I've let it serve as my uh, main go-to cutter for the past two weeks. Now, to give you an idea of what I'm typically carrying around, uh, my I have two go-to cutters, depending on what mood I'm in. I have the Zycar XO. Uh, that was a previous Christmas gift from Senior. Uh, Zycar XO, absolutely fantastic. That's my number one go-to. The number two go-to is my Calibri V-Cut. Um, I will say, I preface this by saying I haven't tried Zycar's new Deep V, uh, but it would be hard pressed to beat the Calibri in that category. So the, the Palio is definitely up against some stiff competition. Uh, it's a very nicely built cutter. Uh, it is made of, uh, Palio likes to call it a dual polycarbonate blend. Uh, they kind of go out of their way to say, hey, it's not plastic. Now, it does. Admittedly, it feels plastic, but that's not really a bad thing. And the reason I say that is I tend to be a little bit of a klutz, and I've dropped this thing at least three times in the last two weeks, uh, twice on concrete and then once on the wood floors here in the house. And so far, not so much as a scratch. So I will take polycarbonate uh, that can take a beating over admittedly as nice as Zycar's metal finishes are, they do get beat up pretty quick when you're, when you're like me and you're, you know, dropping them every time you turn around. Uh, one thing I do particularly like, uh, it's got a nice, it's not heavy, but it's like just enough heft for you to know it's there. And it's got the dual action, uh, guillotine here. And it makes that, uh, if you can hear that, that satisfying swish noise when the, when the blades come together, that entertains me for some reason because I'm weird probably. But anyway, hmm. uh, one thing I really, really do like about it is it has this divot inside of it, similar to what Calibri is doing with their V cut. But what it does in is that you set the cap of your cigar in the divot. It only allows it to go past a certain point. So it's got the very nice advantage of never really allowing you to cut more than you should. And I say that because when I was a young smoker, I made that mistake. You know, I'd be a quarter of an inch up the cigar, you know, uh, first time, actually the first one I ever cut, I, uh, I thought you were supposed to take the entire round tip off. So I leveled it off and, you know, it was a nub. So I had a, uh, 
a tip and a foot that were the exact same ring gauge because I cut it that far down. And of course it fell apart, but that's another story for another time. So if you're a young smoker, quit laughing at me, Ben. Sorry. If you're a young did it, smoker. Did it unravel on you? Oh yes, it most definitely did. <laughs> Very quickly. Um, so if you're a young smoker, this might be a good choice because it's not going to allow you to overcut the cigar. Uh, blade action is fantastic. No torn, uh, no torn caps, no unraveling, uh, no bits of tobacco left behind. I have to say it has been a very satisfying experience with this cutter. Um, got an incredible price on it. And quite frankly, if I, I catch a few more like this, I'll pick another one up just to have a, uh, possibly one in the car and one in the house. But yeah, definitely a recommend uh, Cigar Tipsters by recommendation on Palio Cutters. Hey Mark, let me ask you because that Palio cutter, um, it, it one of the other claims is that it's got that dip in it where you can rest your cigar on it. It's supposed to act like a cigar rest too. Is that how you has that that dip in it? Now it does. If you it does have two things. It has that, and if you open it up, it has a essentially a. I would say it wouldn't really do much more than a Corona, but it does create a little rest. Uh, yeah. where you could potentially, you know, let your cigar hang out while you were swinging the golf club or something like that. So there is that extra feature as well. Um, you get anything above a Corona or a Robusto, eh, there's a good chance it's going to roll off of there because uh, it is not a big dip at all. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, definitely uh, if you're out there and you see a deal on a Palio cutter, uh, you've got the Cigar Tipsters by recommendation, wouldn't hesitate a bit. Cool. And with that said, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Ben for a moment. And if you want to keep up with what Ben's got on his mind, definitely check out CigarTipsters.com, the blog on the front page. Ben uh, writes more frequently than any of us and several entertaining articles on there. But I will let you take a peek at, uh, well, let us know what's grinding those gears. Okay. So you really want to know what's grinding my gears. Age increase. Yeah, I want to know what's grinding your gears. You really want to know? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you. So it's this age increase that legislation is pushing through that is growing in popularity in an increasing number of cities and states. For example, since last month in August, cities in Kansas, Arkansas, Indiana, New York, Minnesota, and Massachusetts voted to increase the age of purchasing tobacco Uh, products from 18 to 21 and many more are sure to follow this increase in age from 18 to 21 is quite simply absurd and unjustified i can tell you from my own experience i first fell in love with cigars when i was about 18 i was in college and after class i'd go visit my local cigar bar and lounge and uh you know get a soda and have a nice cigar and relax All the government is doing at this point is forcing new 18-year-old adults to acquire the cigars from other resources. Uh, Like any of us, when we're younger and we're told we can't have something, the first thing we do is figure out how to get it. So changing it from 18 to 21, all that does is deprive a human being three years of being able to enjoy their right to relax and enjoy a premium hand-rolled cigar. As if to imply that if someone waits until they're 21 years of age, they will become a more responsible and mature adult, less likely to succumb to the temptation of that evil vice cigar smoking. I can picture it now. A bunch of 
18-year-old freshman college students parading through supermarkets and outlet malls, just wafting their $12 Arturo Fuente cigars in the faces of cashiers and newborn babies, spreading their cancer throughout the land like a California wildfire. Yet a mere 36 months later, that same individual has this religious experience and realizes the error of their ways and repents before it's too late. At 18, you're allowed to own a gun, join the military, vote, rent an apartment, purchase a vehicle, and work for a full-time job earning benefits. Yet smoking a cigar is just too much responsibility and can't be entrusted to them. Give me a break, people. Wake up and smell the butane. Our civil rights are being taken away one by one. And this is just another example of government overreach, and it needs to stop. And that is what really grinds my gears. was uh, very descriptive. I like it. You're welcome. You know, Ben, one of the things that's that's strange about it is that you would think that they would want to collect on the revenue that that 18-year-old to 21-year-old mm-hmm. is going to generate for them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the same old thing. They're, they cut their nose off to spite their face. I just, it, you know, and it's being pushed and backed up by FDA agenda and by their own research. The antagonist research have determined that 18-year-olds or and underage kids aren't really buying premium cigars anyway. And I just find that the hypocrisy of being able to do all kinds of much more responsible things, you can pur- purposely do at 18, but cigar smoking somehow... All of a sudden, these past few years have become just just a, a horrific thing. And I'm just not understanding why. I think there are bigger issues than everybody's getting on board. And I get this impression that all these city states are like, oh, well, well, they're raising their age to 18 to 21. I mean, you've been at cigar shops. Both of you have worked in cigar shops. I visited them. There are a lot of under 21 people that shop. They will buy any number of tobacco products. It could be cigarettes. It could be pipe tobacco. It could be cigars that you can introduce them to. But that is, you're right, Alan, a huge market to lose for no reason. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's, um, so how do we, you know, how does someone who's 18 mm-hmm. to 21 fight this? Well, ironically, you're old enough to go vote. So I would assume that's a place to start. But uh, because you're younger and more vibrant, you typically have more uh, time and energy to waste. So I'd recommend getting on the phones to your local representatives. Uh, it could be uh, typically if it's uh, you know a city-based initiative, I would contact the mayor um, and, and say, look, this is uh, what, what they're trying to do. And, I, and I don't, they, they should stop it because I don't think it's the cigar shops that are increasing that age. It's being, they're being forced to do that. Um, and from what I'm seeing, it looks like it's not necessarily state-based, but there are cities making the same call. So I would get on the horn and use some of that protesting power that we see on CNN so much and, and, and spin some of it down uh, that way to change some small legislation. And speaking of legislation and also speaking of cutting off your nose to spite your face, mm-hmm. uh, the Colorado governor, John Hickenlooper, has vetoed uh, Colorado's SB 18-179, uh, 
this was an extension of a tax credit for tobacco products that a distributor ships out of state. Uh, this had a big effect on a company called Payless Cigars and Pipes, their wholesale distributor based originally in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, but the governor of Colorado decided to drop that tax credit. Well, Payless did the only thing they could. They, they packed up and they moved to Tampa. Uh, <laughs> the company... <laughs> The uh, the company asked the question, is the Colorado economy ever good enough to send a good family business and its employees to another state? And apparently the governor uh, didn't have an answer, so the company said, hey, Colorado's lost its Florida's gain. But wow. I can't see a state wanting to, like he said, wanting to lose a business and lose revenue, you know, extend the tax credit and keep the, keep the money in Colorado. I can't find the logic in it. These are simply... Uh, news and articles that I've read, and it's just I I can't find a reason why. But everybody's getting on board with the new bandwagon. You know, one of the funniest stories I've ever heard was from uh, Jr. of Jr. Cigars. And if you guys ever get a, a chance to listen to him talk, he he is just absolutely incredible. And you know, he started his. Um, mail order business you know in new york and they you know grew and they were being actually quite successful and then new york wanted to throw all these taxes on what they were doing and he basically went to the the governor and he went to the the you know his congressman and he his senator and he basically told him if you guys do this i'm out of here you know, and we pay tons and tons in the way of revenue to the state. And then he got on a plane and he went to uh, Washington, D.C., and he walked around Congress and he found himself um, some congressmen and some senators who wanted his business in their state. And I'm primarily talking about, you know, North Carolina. And, um, you know, they said, we will pass a law and we will give you, you know, discounted taxes for 99 years. Wow. And he moved the business the next day, lock, stock and barrel. And you guys know the amount of revenue that, you know, J.R. Cigars brings in for the state. It's a lot. Even with those major discounts. But to hear him tell this story, you know, because it's it's a good hour-long story. It's just hysterical, and it's riveting, and oh, it's just phenomenal. But it's the same type of thing. Where can I – is this story online to read or hear from? Like, where can I – or is it just something that I, I'm told? I would imagine – no, I can't tell you exactly what episode it is. But it would be on um, one of Abe's old, old uh, radio shows. Um, you know, the one out of um, uh, Kiss My Ash. Oh, okay. With Abe Debnia. And, um, you know, just go through and, and find, um, you know, the, um, the JR interviews. And okay. you'll be able to listen to it. It's it's phenomenal. Yeah, I'd definitely be interested in hearing the whole story for sure. 
And uh, yeah. Ben, you sent me a um, you sent me a photo the other day of a, of a cigar you were smoking and asked me if I had it. Uh, it was called Berlin City, right? Yeah, it's uh, Ber- it, it was the Berlin Wall line. Um, it's by Hammer and Sickle is the brand. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I smoked and my experience with it. So the first thing you'll notice if if you go to their website or you order from them um, is the packaging. Um, it is stunning and it is heavy and weighty. They use very dense materials. Um, this particular line, the Berlin wall, um, although each of their line of cigars comes with its own unique packaging, uh, this particular cigar comes in a solid marble box of 20 and on the lid, there is a metal, uh, cutout kind of like a stamp of the Brandenburg gate in Berlin. Uh, inside you'll find 20 cigars and each cigar is banded with a solid copper band there is no glue or goma used to seal it the density of the copper itself holds it onto its onto the cigar and on that copper band they've etched uh the name of the company hammer and sickle um and so without even smoking it um just literally looking at it you can definitely tell that this company has put great time and care and money uh, into the development of their craft. This, this company prides itself on representing Russia in its purest form, with all of their products paying homage to the different facets of Mother Russia. Uh, this company started off by making the best product that Russians know how, vodka. Uh, the hammer and sickle vodka is filtered and distilled a whopping six times for each process using only 100% winter wheat. If you are a vodka enthusiast, you probably know more what that means. But um, So the owner of Hammer and Sickle Vodka, Eric Hansen, who unfortunately, sadly, passed away this past June at about 45 years old, premiered wow. his line of cigars under the same name, Hammer and Sickle, in 2010. Uh, this company realized that it's not just enough to make a delicious cigar to the palate, but first appeal to the eyes. This particular cigar, the Berlin Wall, is comprised of Honduran Criollo wrapper, and it has, uh, let me see here, uh, a Dominican binder, and then filler from Honduras and Dominican Republic. It is a medium-bodied profile, and it, it is uh, made, it's a three-size cigar. So it comes in a Robusto, a Toro, and a Churchill. Um, and it's made in Honduras by Tabacos Rancho Jamastrin, uh, which is the makers of Camacho cigars. And from the first puff, I can tell you, you get this rich, creamy smoke that is saturated with notes of cedarwood, earth, and a little bit of a, almost like a peanut butter, the salty peanut character. Um, it's a rich balance of body and flavor permeating from the smoke, and the draw is effortless. Um, it, it, it becomes a perfect complement to most beverages, uh, everything from you know ginger ale to to you know iced tea to scotch to coffee. It, it has a wide breadth of complements that it can do. Does it, it go is, with vodka? Um, it does go with vodka, and they recommend hammer and sickle vodka. That's what the that's what the company recommends. Um, I, I I suspect it's because they make it. 
Yeah, um, yeah. for obvious reasons. <laughs> ben, I actually have a box of these. Yes. Um, and the box I have, they also etched my uh, name into it. Really? Why did they do that? Did, because you ordered it from them and you, they had your profile, so they etched it on there? Yep. That is really cool. I didn't absolutely. know they did that. Yeah, the, the banding in the box looks absolutely gorgeous from the pictures I've seen. It really is. Go yeah, to I'll the send website. you a picture of it. Yeah, I'll yes, see definitely. that. I didn't know that they did that. Hmm. Interesting. But that's, that's what I had. It was well worth it. Uh, and a box of it was only, retail was only for $165 for the Robusto for that packaging, which, I mean, that box you will keep on the shelf. You, you don't, it's not something you just toss away. That's, that's something to me iconic. You would keep to display because it's very beautiful. Yeah, I was, uh, I'll be honest. I'm in, I haven't, I've never tried the cigar, but I'm in love with the box to the point that I almost want to buy one. You really should check out. Um, I think it's the hermitage, another one, or is it Moscow city that comes in a solid metal box? Um, yeah, it is yeah, Moscow City, and it has hammer and sickle, and there's a background of, uh, some, uh, I guess, Mos- yeah, I guess it would be Moscow City etched in metal. It's incredible, beautiful artwork. All right, so we've opened the, reached that point in the show. We're just going to uh, kind of open the mics here. Anybody got anything they want to throw out before we uh, shut her down for the evening? Um, no, it's actually been very quiet here in the Atlanta market. Um, one of the things I think that's interesting that's going on is next weekend, um, Maxwell's Cigar Bar will be uh, shutting down and moving. Hmm. And, um, you know, Ben, this would really grind your gears. Oh, uh, but. It oh, was a one of the first shops to open up in a shopping center uh, in Woodstock, uh, which was supposed to be, you know, what they call Old Town Woodstock. And he was one of the first to go in there. And, of course, um, the second it filled up and he had uh, neighbors and people living above it in condos they started getting complaints he has one of the uh, most sophisticated and expensive uh, air handling systems you know in the atlanta market and it still wasn't good enough and um, they basically wouldn't renew their lease been there a long time and he uh, this weekend coming up is the last weekend and then they are moving basically one block away to a larger f- location, uh, freestanding with lots of parking. That's so everything's turning out for the best. He's turning his disadvantage into an advantage. Exactly. Definitely. Like the best that. of luck to them. Other than that, uh... nothing really going on here. Um, I'm not aware of any events, and believe me, I try to keep up with them. Uh, Mark, did you get a chance to go to the uh, the uh, barnstorm, or are you gonna go? Or it was uh, it was yesterday. I did not end up going. It was quite a bit further than I initially thought it was. When 
when I heard the name of the town, which is Hopkinsville, Kentucky, I was thinking it was like an hour from my house, but it ended up being like two and a half each way. Uh, so I ended up not going. Uh, but what it was, Drew Estate had their, um, they call it a barn smoker. Um, and they've apparently done several of them around the country, but Hopkinsville, Kentucky is one of the places where they have uh, curing barns for the Kentucky Fire Cure tobacco. Uh, and apparently they were going to demonstrate uh, exactly how they do that, uh, if my understanding of the event was correct. Are you a fan of the Kentucky Fire Cure, I didn't, or, or are you not? Because we've really. tried it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, dad, I, I could take it or leave it. Your dad likes them, I think, right? Uh, no, my dad like likes them less than I do. Now, his friend Tim uh, loves them. He buys them by the oh. box. Uh, I mean, okay. he, he thinks it's the greatest thing ever, but it, it's not to my taste personally. Okay. I think, Alan, you kind of like them, don't you? Uh, you know, yeah, I do. Um, yeah, it's, it's a shame. I wish they had that event here in Atlanta or, you know, when you when you said to me, it's only an hour away. I was like, wow, for an hour away, I'd go. Oh, yeah. You had know, it, had but... it actually been an hour, I'd have done it if, because I had because my initial thought the event was at 10 in the morning. So I was going to drive up, stay a few hours and come back. But because I had some other stuff to do. But yeah, when it when it was going to turn into a total of a five hour drive, I kind of backed off a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'll do a, that. I understand. I'll do a long drive if it's a if it's a Woodstock event, but not necessarily for a, a barn smoker in the middle of nowhere, Hopkinsville, Kentucky. <clears throat> and I've been to Hopkinsville, Kentucky, so I know there's not a whole lot going on out there. Uh, but anyway, uh, anything uh, before we shut her down? Mm, nope. I think I'm good. All right, well, we appreciate everybody listening, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Cool. All right, have a good night. Good night.